0: But this lesson this morning, I'm rising to new heights because it allows me to, uh, um, I'm having some trouble with a little bit of coughing and this makes it a lot easier for me to step aside if I have to do that and you not have to bear with it. It's so good to be with you today and to share with the good folks at White Oak and to be able to, uh, see you, to be with you and to share in fellowship. Across the city of Chattanooga, we have many congregations that are meeting today. And uh, they're sharing in this same kind of fellowship, one with another. Sadly, if we went back 10 or 15 or 20 or 30 or 40 years ago, uh, we would find that there were more meeting then than there are now in our assemblies. Uh, and we're just praying that uh, the Lord will be with us, bless us, encourage us, and help us to have a renewal of spirit and heart and desire. And that uh, after dealing with a thing known as COVID. And uh, dealing with other situations in our society. Uh, though we may have shrunk to some degree in size. And most congregations have. Uh, that we find that I believe that our loyalty and our faith and our love for the Lord. Is still very, very strong. And I count it a joy. Uh, to be able to to be with you and to share a message from the Word, word of God. Uh, our message this morning is really centered on one passage that you're very familiar with. You've all read it before. You've probably all studied it before. And being that I don't necessarily look and see what was preached last week, you may have heard this same lesson last week as far as I know. But I'll try and share some things with you today, and it's all based on Romans chapter 12 and verse 1. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Some versions say your reasonable service. The bottom line is there are certain things that are expected of us as Christians. And in that, we learn that God looks at us and says that this living concept of living sacrifice is something that's so important. And we do not need to miss it. Now the Jews during the time of Christ and even time of the, of the apostle Paul were very well aware of sacrifices. In fact, the pagans were aware of sacrifices. They knew what it was like to see animals sacrificed upon an altar and to know the work that went into it and the preparation that took place. But with the change and the transition and going from the change from the, the, the gospel are uh, the message of sin and death to the message of grace in God. Uh, the early Christians, those who were becoming a part of God's family, and even the Jews did not quite understand the concept of a living sacrifice. They understood uh, the the idea of what it might look like. But you see, they finally came to understand that those old animal sacrifices that they were under, those were just a shadow of things to come in Hebrews chapter ten and verse one. for since the law has been but a shadow of the good things to come, and it was hard for some to accept you know when you spend all of your life doing one thing and you believe it to be right and you know it is right, but then there comes time for a transition. oftentimes we very are, are, are very awkward in doing that number one we we don 't want to do what 's wrong, but at the same time. We often resist any kind of change that comes about. So this idea of the Jewish people having to be a living sacrifice, and for these Gentiles being a living sacrifice, was something that was new. And people, uh, maybe we're in a time where I'm not so sure we understand sacrifice. I think most of you understand, and some of you are part of, what are known, was known as the greatest generation. And it was a generation that was known for its sacrifice, uh, I had a stepfather that went to World War II. Worked in the cotton mills from the time that he was 11 and when he was about 17 he was allowed to go and join the army. And uh he went and he spent 5 years uh in the military during World War II. He said it was kind of disappointing when he came home because there were people that said, well, you know, you 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 didn't sacrifice because you made it back. And he said, let me tell you something. He said, I spent five years of my life over there, and uh, portions of that five years over there. And he used to tell me of how going, uh, when he went through a battle and had been out for days, and they walked into some place and it had a mirror, and he walked up to it, he, he said, I had no idea what I looked like. It had been for days, and he said, you're covered in blood, and you're covered in mud. And he said, that's sacrifice. But many of us will not know a sacrifice like that. And sadly, as we see new generations coming on in our society and world, I'm afraid that people are not going to be willing and are not willing to sacrifice for much of anything that might be good. To understand sacrifice, we understand it's not just the fact that you work or do or are active, For example, you might have a doting mother, and this doting mother just gives everything to this child. She spends hours and and days being able to do everything for it, and she is living vicariously through her child, and she does everything for it as it grows up because it makes her so happy in, in being able to be a part of that. There's a difference in that. And then in a mother who washes and cleans and handles all the dirty aspects of growing up in life and may have to work multiple jobs and may have to do other things to be able to help their children be able to have something to live, uh, to to eat and to live by. You see, sacrifice is just not doing. Because there's some things that I do that it's just not a sacrifice at all. It's encouraging and it's fun. I like to do it. But then there are things when, times when we really have to sacrifice of self to be able to give to help someone else. On May 2nd, 1962, a lady by the name of Gladys Kidd placed a advertisement in the San Francisco uh, Sentinel, or Examiner, excuse me. She said, I don't want my husband to die in the gas chamber for something he did not do, for a a crime he did not commit. I will therefore offer my services for 10 years as a cook, maid, or housekeeping to any leading attorney who will defend him and bring about his vindication. There was an attorney there in San Francisco, Vincent Hallinan, excuse me, one of San Francisco's best attorneys, and he decided that he would take the case after seeing the advertisement. Well, he began to defend Mr. Kidd, who was accused of murder. And then as the trial ended and the jury met for 11 hours, they came back with the verdict of not guilty. But the attorney, Mr. Hallinan, chose not to accept the services saying that he also was sacrificing for his time. But Gladys Kidd was willing to be a living sacrifice. The Lord says that's our spiritual service, our reasonable service, our spiritual worship. The Apostle Paul explains it most perfectly in Philippians chapter 2 and verse 17. Even if I am to be poured out as a drink offering upon the, excuse me, upon the sacrificial offering of the Lord, I am glad and rejoice with you all. Look at that once again. Even if I am poured out as a drink offering and and for offering for your faith, I am glad and rejoice with you. But what we find is that the apostle talks about the idea of a drink offering. Now, that didn't originate with the apostle Paul. Actually, it originated a long time before then. One instance of that we read about is when David, and this is in the book of Samuel, when David mentioned to some of his soldiers that he longed for a drink of water from the well of Bethlehem that was by its gate. And some of his soldiers, three men, went out and risked their life and went into the city and drew the water and brought it back to David. And on receiving that back, now that's in uh, the receiving it back in Samuel 23, he said, I can't accept that. His, his words were this, Can I drink the blood of the men who went out at the risk of their lives? Therefore, he would not drink of it. Uh, What he was saying was this. He casually speaking, but truthfully spoke and said, oh, I'd love to have it. But these men were so dedicated, were so sincere toward him that they went out in the night and risked their lives and brought it back. But he says, I can't do that. And so he poured it out as a drink offering to the Lord. Um." help me finish this for just a moment. Don't cry over spilled milk. I knew y'all were biblical scholars. I didn't know where it was. I mean, I knew that was in you right there to be able to do that. Um, Why do you not, why do you not cry over spilled milk? It's not going to do any good, is it? It's gone. And when you talk about a, a drink offering, it's something that's been poured out. Now, if you have a animal offering a sacrifice a lamb sheep goat whatever it is and you offer it many times there's the meat and that would go to the uh to the uh, servants that were there the priest and others would be able to eat of it but when you have a drink offering it's all gone and the apostle paul said i'm willing if i need to be i'd be glad to be a drink offering i would i would I would, Lord, I'm I'm willing to just be poured out till there's nothing else left of me. Now, if you go back to where we read about what Paul spoke just a moment ago, now we go 10 years into the future and 10 years in the future is possibly his second in, uh, imprisonment and in a relatively short period of time. Uh, as history records it right he lost his life and it, we read in Second Timothy 4 verse 6 I am now already being poured out as a drink offering and the time of my departure has come have you ever thought about your life that way we're just a bucket of water well you know some of us are in some of us are in buckets and some of us are in vases you know we we come it comes in different ways but we're we're just something that is there to be poured out in my mind i see this vase and it has water in it and and the person who's holding it begins to to turn it to pour it and nothing is coming out and they look on the inside and the water is just hanging on. It doesn't want to come out. It doesn't want to be poured. And somebody says, well, it's kind of ridiculous. It is, isn't it? But it's kind of ridiculous too if we look at ourselves and say to God, I want you to use me like you want to. Lord, I want you to bless me. I'm willing to be poured out, Lord. I'm willing to do anything for you, but I'm going to stay in this vase or I'm going to stay in this bucket just as long as I can because I'm, I'm not, I'm willing, but I'm not necessarily overly willing for that some of you have heard the song before will you be poured out like wine upon the altar for me it's a it's actually a old uh, american melody tune from years ago and i remember hearing it somebody was telling me just recently have you heard that new song that people are singing and i said well what is it and they they said it was poured out like wine and um, I said, well, I remember hearing it in the early 70s. And if that's new, but I mean, it goes back a little bit. But can you imagine the Lord looking at Paul? And then let me read the words of this song. Will you be poured out like wine upon the altar for me? Will you be broken like bread to feed the hungry? Will you be so one in me that you will do just as I will? Will you be light and life And my love, my word, fulfill. Well, the Apostle Paul answered that, and this would have been his response. Yes, Lord, I'll be poured out like wine upon the altar for you. I'll be broken like bread to feed the hungry. Yes, I'll be so one with you that I will do just as you will. Yes, I'll be light in life and let your word fulfill. Now, that's a song that some of our young people have sung in the past but let me tell you what, it's a song that we need to take to heart. Because the first part of that is God asking me, Mike, will you do that? Will you be poured out? Are you willing? Are you willing to be a living sacrifice for me? And he says, it's your spiritual service. Uh, spiritual worship is your reasonable service. And that's what I'm asking for. He said, I'm not asking you to go kill goats and sheep and bulls and take them out here and burn them and let the incense come up. I want you to die on the altar for me. I want you to be willing to be poured out completely for me. And that's something that's so difficult for us today, to think of being completely used and gone uh, and, and no longer a part of use here. I was with someone most recently who has for years been active uh, in the church. And when I mean active... I mean day and night to the point that uh, they really have become to believe that they really come to believe that that the church can't exist without them. And I just want you to know that the church can't exist without any of us, any one of us or more of us, because it's the Lord's church. And he can take care of it. And no matter how much we have or what we have the ability to do, it can still exist. And if you, you know, it's a little bit like uh, how much eventually will you be missed when you leave this life? Well, just stick your hand in a bucket of water. And when you pull it out, look at the hole. And that's what will be missed. It may not be exactly that much with us. But this lady sacrificed, had done so much. And then she started having health problems. And part of what was taking place was she had been being poured out, completely poured out for the Lord. And then she started having health problems, and then she turned bitter. And you think, well, why was she doing this? Well, she said, you know, everybody's trying to push me out of the way. No one's letting me do. No one was stopping. It was just the fact that her health was bringing to the point that she couldn't accomplish some things. And you see, we have to be careful because... I may not be willing to allow myself to be poured out like wine upon the altar or water upon the altar because of my own selfish desires of things I want to keep. Or it may just be that when the Lord allows my body to be able to get older and, and not be able to do the things I do or, or have done in the past, I resist being poured out for Him. Because you see, it's not just what we do. It's our attitude and our spirit and our love and our desire and the grace that we express while we do it. And sometimes as we get older, it gets difficult to let go and let others be able to come in and to serve and lead and guide and direct us. And so let's look at ourselves in that way that we would be willing to be poured out like water and gone away and let us not resist it in this life but be willing to exist at all the, or will be willing to share in it until the time of our death. It also mentions being holy and acceptable. Present your bodies a living sacrifice. It's a figure of speech here known as metonymy. And it's a figure of speech, it's, uh, it's a concept, is referring to uh, something by name, of something closely associated with it. In other words, when we think about a living sacrifice, that's really not something that, that is, uh, the concept of the physical world. But we realize that there are certain uses of words like this that help us to understand it. For example, uh, the, the, the pen is stronger than the sword. And, you know, that gives reference to the fact a journalist in times past said that, you know, what was being written had more power in going out to the people than the sword to fight against things. Uh, and, And in essence, in one sense, pen's not stronger than the sword, but in another way, it is. And so the Holy Spirit guides our writers to share with us, their writers, to share with us uh, the idea of, of us seeing things that go beyond the normal and the natural in that. Present your bodies as living sacrifices. Present your souls, spiritual self, as sacrifices that are holy and acceptable. Now, this was very much, I think, understood better by the Jewish people. In Exodus chapter 5, excuse me, chapter 12, verse 5, the lamb shall be without blemish, a male, a year old, and you may take it from the sheep or the goats. Now, the sacrifice that these people were to offer, the Lord says, I want you to be a a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable. Now, what that means is, I'm not just going to take anything. Now, with us, the Lord will take any of us but he's not going to take less than us. In other words, he doesn't want to take us when we want to hold ourselves back and give him scraps, as it would be in a sense. You know, when you look at this, and these people of old, the Jewish people would go out and look for a sacrifice. Um, In the fields, they would want to get a lamb. Couldn't have a spot or blemish. Couldn't be bad. It couldn't be sick. Couldn't be crippled. And maybe we can relate to that going out and... uh, you want to go and uh, buy some furniture now uh, I need to let you know that if you want to go buy furniture for your house uh, I know I actually I seriously I know a, a brother in the church that owns sells thousands of pieces a year but I don't want to go with you if you go see him okay because I'm not interested in furniture uh, and you could, for a long time, you could tell it at my house. I wasn't interested in furniture because the only furniture that we had for years was that that came from our relatives. But um, uh, you know, my wife Nancy will talk about you know buying this and buying that. I have less than zero interest. It's it's not that at all. But some of you do like furniture and you want to go out and find some. And you go out and look at it, and you go to the store, one of these locally, and you you, you find a piece of furniture and say, "Wow, that's so nice." That's beautiful. That's exactly what I want. And then you turn it to one side and notice there's a scratch down the side. And uh you, you're talking to the salesperson. You say, "Well, uh, you know, this has got a scratch down the side. I don't think I want it." Well, you know, let me tell you what. I'll knock a, I'll knock some money off. I'll knock some a little bit off, and you can buy it cheaply. Well, see, we're not God. And we'll say, "Okay, we'll take it." You know, that's that's kind of the way it works. And guys, and I know some of you work with cars. You know, I've uh, we, we've got uh, we men that go out and buy cars are, are more interested in it sometimes than ladies are, and you go out and find one. And he says, "Man, this one is great. I just love it." You know, and then you drive it, and it rattles and it shakes and it rolls, and uh, or maybe you begin to look at it and you look down one of the door panels and it does like this rather than go straight and uh, different things that are about it, and uh, it, we don't want that. We're picky about the things that are most important to us. We're picky about the things that are most important to us. God is picky about us because we're important to Him. And when He receives from us, He simply wants our best. That we can give. It's so easy. In the society in which we live. To look around at what is called Christianity today. And it allows us to be able to see that under that umbrella. We can do anything. Or do nothing. And the whole idea behind it is. It carries no weight. But if we look into the word of God. God's description of who we are are living sacrifices that are holy and meet the specification. Now, the thing about it is, every human being can meet the specification if the human being is willing to give their heart to God, to live in obedience to Him. And so we should not be see ourselves as being pushed out in that way. It wasn't to have spot or blemish about it. Now, this is the reason why when we talk about our relationship with God we begin to think that maybe God will overlook a blemish that we see in our own life, a spiritual blemish that we know is there and is one that we've allowed to maybe stay in our life. And somehow we can convince ourselves that God Himself wants to accept that. But you see, He doesn't. He wants the very, very best. And somebody says, Mike, you used the word, picky a while ago you think God's picky well he allows us to be able to be in his family and he chooses those who will be in his family by those who are willing to come in obedience to him and not everybody gets in the sheepfold not everybody enters the gates of the eternal and God has set forth his message and I believe that he is in 1st Corinthians chapter 1 verse 30 and because of him you are in Christ who became to us wisdom from God, righteousness and sanctification and redemption. Look at this one more time. And because of him, you're in Christ Jesus who, who became to us wisdom from God, righteousness and sanctification. That's what God's calling upon us. And... Um, Allow wanting us to know that if we're going to be a part of God's family, that there are requirements that are there. Holy and acceptable. I beseech you. Uh, he says, I want to call to you. I want you to be able to hear what I'm saying. It's an earnest plea. Be acceptable to God. Be a living sacrifice. One more part and then we'll end our lesson this morning. It talks about spiritual service. I've already used a few terms, reasonable service, uh, spiritual service, spiritual worship. It's a service of reason. It's a service because of what has been done. As we begin to serve the Lord as Christians, we are able to grow and recognize so much more of what He's done for us. And because of that, we are able to be his faithful servants. You know, you go to restaurants around town. I don't know how much you do, you may do that. Uh, I, the ones that I go to usually have like golden arches out in front of them or something like that. But you know, there, there are others uh, over cl- close to me. There's a, a really nice restaurant. I've been told I haven't been in that one. Uh, and there's a lot downtown. There's Ruth's Chris. You've heard of these names that it's hard to say. And, and, uh, they have all these uh, waiters that are in there and servers that are in there. And I mean, and when you leave, you're expected to leave a nice tip or gratuity for those that are there. And, uh, you know, and they expect that because of the service that they gave now when i go to some of these other little places and they have a tip jar and it says we need for you to support all of our employees and all of their families and uh and and everything and we're not going to give you any service but if you feel like doing it sometimes as christians we're willing to give just a little bit here and there but we're talking about we've been served to the fullest god has provided everything that we have in life And he says, I want you to return to me something that is holy and acceptable in that way. Reasonable faith. It is the only thing that makes sense. It is the only rational view. With our Creator granting us salvation and righteousness through Jesus, our total dedication to Him, in other words, it's a no-brainer what God asked for. Let's look at it again for just a moment. I want you to be a living sacrifice. I want you to stay alive. I want you to do. I want you to dedicate your life and body and mind to me. And you see, that's why so oftentimes, brothers and sisters, we have empty pews in congregations because people aren't willing to do that. But he says, I want you to dedicate yourself to being a, a faithful servant in that way and being a, a living sacrifice. He says, but you got to be holy. you got to meet the standard. You can't do it by yourself. You can only do it through the blood of Jesus Christ. But to do that, you have to be able to stay connected to him. You have to walk in the light as he is in the light so that you have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus then can cleanse us from all sin continually. It's walking in the light and living for him. And he says, now, what's this reasonable service or worship? It's people who are living sacrifices, who are holy, who are returning to God in response for what he has done for them. What do, how much do I owe God? How much do I owe my father? How much do I owe the Lord Jesus? I owe them everything. And it's not a debt that I'll ever be able to pay because my debt has been covered by the blood of Jesus Christ. And out of love and out of thanksgiving, I want to be able to give to them. That's why we give on the Lord's day. That's why we give every other day of the week. That's why we give our time and service, and I hope that we'll find ourselves being willing to do that. I've struggled through the years. sometimes as a preacher, you find yourself um, maybe overconsumed with your work. And what I mean by that is you think you get to thinking like some of the others, I'm the only one that's doing this, and no one else is doing anything for the Lord. And I know that's not true. But brothers and sisters, I've seen brothers and sisters who come on Sunday morning and who worship and fellowship with the other brothers and sisters. And there, that have means of their own and other, they're able to uh, take care of themselves and provide all the things of life. Who have very little care for anyone else and helping to take care of them, to give just simply giving them a ride to the church building. Or taking somebody home after, after the service is over. We are servants of God being poured out. As one man told me one time, he said, he, in, in asking him to do something like that, he said, it's not convenient for me to do it. And that's exactly what God's talking about. A living sacrifice never necessarily finds it convenient. They find it a honor and a joy and a grace to be able to assist and encourage others. I want to thank you for listening this morning and sharing in this. And by chance, if there be anyone here today that's not a child of God, I call upon you to come in obedience to the gospel. If you believe that Jesus is the Christ, I encourage you to do as our Bible calls upon us to do, and that is to uh, confess after that belief repent of those sins that are in your life be baptized in the Lord Jesus Christ and be able to walk and arise in that newness of life and if you're here today and your life's not aligned with the Lord it'd be a wonderful day to put it back together and if it's not in a public way that it needs to be done then at home today drop to your knees and pray and ask God to forgive you that you might be able to Be reunited in every way. Here's the question. Are we willing to be poured out like water? To be completely washed away? So that there's nothing left of us other than our love for the Lord. Let us be willing to do so. Let us stand as we sing together.